welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's Wednesday, October 26, 2022, and Dr. Rick and I are coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, this week, we are so blessed to have Pastor Chris Johnson join us on the Defender Podcast. And, uh, Pastor Chris serves as the VP of Church Partnerships and Government Affairs here at Lifeline Children's Services. He joined our team in March 2020, and so right in the very beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, he thought he was going to move quickly to Birmingham and move his family, and instead he, uh, he worked remotely, like many of us did uh, previously. Uh, he had served as pastor for 24 years and executive director of the Kentucky Governor's Office of Faith and Community-Based Initiatives. Chris also served as a consultant and has been a frequent speaker at local, state, and national conferences, churches, and community gatherings, sharing both his family's stories but while also challenging others to answer the gospel call to care for the vulnerable child and children. He was born and raised in Metro Atlanta, Georgia. He currently lives in Birmingham. He studied Christian ministries at Trinity Baptist College and educational leadership at Regent University. He and his wife, Alicia, have 10 children, seven of whom they adopted from foster care, and they have three grandchildren, uh, two of which were adopted from foster care. And actually, the awesome thing is, two of their grandchildren were originally uh, fostered by uh, Pastor Chris and his wife, Alicia. They've also served as foster parents for more than 40 children. Chris likes reading, spending time with his family, um, and occasionally cheering on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets whenever they uh, do actually show up for a football game. He does love football, uh, and he is definitely growing in love for the Alabama Crimson Tide. His three simple joys are holding his wife's hand, hearing about his kids' day, and watching a good football game. Uh, and his favorite thing about working for Lifeline is the heart and the passion of the staff, along with the commitment to the gospel. And so we're so grateful to join Pastor Chris. Around him we here, we call him the Michael Jordan of all pastors. He's the greatest of all time. He's America's pastor. And today we're going to bring on America's pastor to talk about Orphan Sunday. Orphan Sunday is coming up as we look at National Adoption and Orphan Care Month, the month of November. And the second Sunday officially is uh, celebrated not just here in the United States, but around the world as Orphan Sunday. And so Pastor Chris leads out that initiative for our team. And I, I just, I know you're going to be enriched getting to hear from this brother, uh, like we said, the Michael Jordan of all pastors. But before we bring him on uh, and his Pippin, Dr. Rick, we want to remind you about the Change One Life campaign. Through God's grace, 2022 has been another rich year of fulfilling our mission of bringing gospel hope through domestic and international adoption, pregnancy counseling, foster care, global orphan care, and education and counseling. When you partner with us in these ministries, God uses your investment to change lives with gospel hope. And even this year, because of our Change One Life campaign, we were able to instantly push in in February when war hit Ukraine. Uh, and I know on another podcast, we'll be able to tell the story of how we were able to see our partners in Romania, except our partners in Ukraine, and to see those two nations work together for the continuation of ministry to orphan and vulnerable children, even in a conflict. And so we need your help. You can join the mission of Lifeline by going to lifelinechild.org backslash change dash one dash life. And I know that's pretty uh, interesting to say. So you can also go to the show notes uh, for more information. 
And so it's that time of the podcast that everybody loves when we get to bring on the venerable Dr. Rick. But Dr. Rick, uh, there are very few times that uh, that you are upstage like this today while we have Pastor Chris on the podcast. Well, I'm, I'm actually pouting today because I feel like I'm being upstaged and, uh, and you know, but Herbie, I, I do feel compelled to have to point out to you that if we have the Michael Jordan of all pastors on our podcast today and I'm his Pippin, that leaves you to be Rodman. And so you're going to have to get a little outrageous today and, uh, and probably foul somebody during, during this podcast in order to hold up your end of the bargain. So I guess really I just have to interrupt you a lot because uh, that's <laughs> I, I also oh, think it's funny. I also think it's funny that that one of one of Pastor Chris's uh, simple pleasures is watching a good football game, but he's a Georgia Tech and Atlanta Fal- Falcons fan, so he didn't really get to do that very often. It's uh, hey it's now. pretty amazing. Hey we take advantage of it when we can. We take advantage. Hey, of wait, it. we haven't brought you in as a guest yet. You have to be silent. No. <laughs> Listen, I, I, folks, I'll just say I love this brother, and uh, and and it is one of the true joys in life to get an opportunity to be able to uh, to serve with him and to to see God move, and and just uh, it, it's an incredible privilege to to have uh, Chris Johnson as a part of our team, and and Chris, welcome to the podcast. So now I thank you, can you I think. Thank you. I think <laughs> now, hey, you, you guys have set the bar pretty high, but but I I will say the same thing. It is such an honor and a joy to be a part of Lifeline and be a part of this team and to get to serve with you guys. And uh, um, God's just done some incredible things, and it's really cool just to be able to be a part of it and to be able to just kind of see what He's doing. And you know, our biggest thing is to stay out of His way and let Him work. And as we especially work with churches and. And, uh, and even some of the government entities we've been serving with recently, God's just been doing incredible things. And it's, it's neat just to be in a place where, um, you know, it's not you, it's, it's, it's God working and God doing. And so, um, thanks for, for all of the, uh, the accolades there, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it's all the Lord for sure. Well, Chris, maybe as we get started, the, um, uh, there are a lot of folks that are listening to the podcast that are that are very familiar with Orphan Sunday, but there there's surely some folks out there that this is the first time that they've heard about Orphan Sunday. So why don't you jump in just by talking a little bit about what Orphan Sunday is and, and kind of giving folks a little bit of a background? Yeah, so, so Orphan Sunday has really been recognized a little over 20 years now, um, kind of started first actually in Africa and, and then kind of moved here to, to America. And so it's, it's really been as the Lord has done a work in his church to really um, call us. He's been calling forever ever since he started his church. Um, but really, it's been an awakening of the, of the church here in America, especially, and I think globally also, but just to, to the needs of the vulnerable and to the orphan. And, and I think for a long time, we kind of have just kind of given that over to government entities and kind of the world. And, and so it's been kind of a reawakening over the last 20 plus years to the church's understanding of the plight of the orphan and the vulnerable child. And, and we think that includes the vulnerable women, vulnerable families, uh, kind of the whole big picture of, you know, the orf- orphan and widow throughout scripture is really representat- representative of uh, those who, who are in those vulnerable situations. And so really Orphan Sunday, it's, a, it's really a time for a church to set aside a Sunday each year. Uh, really just to focus on the needs of, of vulnerable children. Um, it, it's, it's a time to recognize the needs locally 
the needs across our country and then even even globally the needs and so um, it provides a great opportunity for awareness to be raised but then also it provides a great kind of a launching pad for some churches to they, they've talked about the issue they've talked about the need they recognize their need to be involved but orphan sunday provides that that kind of a uh, an opportunity to really just kind of engage and get the church moving into action. And so I think for many of the, especially those first years, the early years of Orphan Sunday being recognized here in America, it was really more about the awareness. A lot of churches just didn't understand uh, the, the needs of orphans locally, as well as around the world. I know I was in that same position as a pastor for many years, didn't really see the big picture. And so for, for really those early times of Orphan Sunday, it was all about just that raising awareness. And, and unfortunately, there are still churches around our country and, and around the world as well that don't understand the needs of orphans locally and, and kids in foster care and women in crisis pregnancies and those in those vulnerable communities um, in where, where our churches are located. And so for some, it continues to be an awareness piece. Uh, but then also for many, it's it's now moving to the next steps. Let's get, in, let's get our people engaged. Let's get people involved and let's really move to action. Yeah, and MJ, I think when you're thinking about Orphan Sunday from a lifeline standpoint, and you're leading out our initiative and uh, the churches that, that we're blessed to partner with, what's, what's the goal that you're putting before these churches and you're putting before our team? Hey, this is what we want to see uh, happen this year through Orphan Sunday. What would you say is the personal goal for Lifeline? Yeah, I think it is, it's absolutely two-pronged. It is that, number one, that raising awareness helping people understand that, that there are populations in their community and around the world that, that are in need of the gospel and, and the church being the, uh, the means by which God has, has ordained that the gospel get to the world. The church needs to understand that there are vulnerable populations that are being outcast, that are being oftentimes isolated and, and not being brought in. And so there needs to be an awareness piece. I think that's first and foremost. But then again, I think it's, it's the goal is to accelerate personal and corporate engagement, get people involved, get the church involved. And I think that's where Lifeline, that's really the heart of our ministry is we want to raise that awareness, absolutely. But we really want to provide uh, on-ramps. We want to provide access to resources uh, so that people can move beyond just the awareness and actually get involved and get engaged. Uh, the gospel has called us to get our hands dirty. And um, when in James 1, when it talks about visiting the orphan, that's so much more than patting, you know, stopping by, patting them on the back and going about your way. Um, the word visit there, it actually means to lean into, to step into their lives, to join them in their affliction. And you can't do that um, from the comfort of a, of a church pew. Uh, you've got to get out and you've got to engage. You've got to go to where the orphan is. You've got to welcome the orphan into your home. You've got to come alongside vulnerable families and disciple them and train them. And so really our heart or lifeline is, is that churches would use Orphan Sunday as a catalyst to really move to that next level of engagement and support and work and actual involvement in uh, the ministry. So Chris, as, as we um, continue to, to kind of think about the ways that or that churches can celebrate Orphan Sunday, one of the benefits that we have here at Lifeline is we get to be in a lot of churches and get to see a lot of people that are that are doing this in different ways. Um, why don't you talk a little bit about how um, just ideas of ways that churches can recognize Orphan Sunday and things that they can do in order to take those steps of mobilization and and give people those on-ramps to, to further ministry in taking the gospel uh, through care for the vulnerable? Sure. You know, I think, in the, again, in the early stages of kind of orphan care ministry, we kind of had this idea, this mindset in 
kind of viewed orphan care ministry in isolation. So it's kind of like that group over there that's called to foster, that group that's called to adopt. And there's kind of this these people that are over here. We don't really know what to do with those people. Um, we're going to pray for them and try to help them. But but it really was kind of viewed as, you know, just like we've got a kid's ministry and we've got a nursery ministry. We have an orphan care ministry and it's kind of something in isolation. And so what we're really trying to, to help churches understand and what what we have seen that has been most effective is church is when churches try to, to recognize that this is something that the whole church is called to. And so let's find ways to engage our full church and let's really build a culture that understands the needs of the vulnerable. So, so we've seen churches that have been engaged in a lot of different ways across the whole spectrum of ministry in their church. And, and we've even tried to kind of coalesce and bring together some, some ideas for different parts of the church. So, you know, churches really can see um, catalytic change and see things happen um, when, when they involve the whole church. And so uh, there are things that, you know, certainly having uh, a message preached from the platform and having someone share the biblical call uh, in a sermon on the, the, the need to care for the vulnerable is, is certainly appropriate. I think there are also opportunities for, um, you know, focusing on our own, maybe a church's marriage ministry and ways that, that families can do things together, uh, getting kids involved using, you know, things like mission kid or things like some of the curriculum that we have even in our orphan Sunday kit to get the kids involved and having kids do a stand for orphans so that they understand the needs, um, getting again, ladies ministry involved in, in doing things for women in crisis pregnancy and even for discipling those women. Um, certainly prayer ministry is so important uh, to, to be praying and, and maybe even having, uh, using a, a prayer guide. We've got one in our in Orphan Sunday kit, but using a prayer guide to walk through, you know, focused prayer on the needs of orphan and vulnerable children and families. Um, certainly using your, your worship ministry and selecting songs on that Sunday that speak to God's heart for the vulnerable, God's heart for the orphan, speak to our own adoption into God's family. And so really it, it's, it's, it's most effective when you've got all the different pieces of the church are all kind of coming together and recognizing and understanding that this is something we're all called to do. Um, and something that we all have a, a way to get involved and get engaged. And so um, we've got, again, in our Orphan Sunday Kit, we've got even a, 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 a piece of collateral there that's called 60 Ideas for Celebrating Orphan Sunday. And so really just kind of walks through a lot of these very practical things that can be done on that given day, uh, but then also can be done in the days after the days following Orphan Sunday. And so you can use Orphan Sunday really as an opportunity to kind of enlist people and get people to see the big picture so they can find their way to get involved. So, you know, Pastor Chris, I know a lot of what we've even talked about on this podcast uh, since June is the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And this will be the first Orphan Sunday that we've had since the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And in a lot of ways, you know, I think uh, Sanctity of Human Life Sunday for a lot of churches is a, is a kind of a must have. But a lot of times they don't really know about Orphan Sunday or they don't think about how do we how do we engage folks on the orphan? You know, why would you say that Orphan Sunday is even of a higher importance now on the other side of the Dobbs decision and, and the other side of Roe v. Wade? Yeah, you know, the, the world has for so long kind of accused the, the pro-life movement of only being pro-birth and saying that we're just interested in getting, uh, you know, in, in getting to the point of having children born and that after kids are born, we don't really duty going for them. We don't care about them, that kind of thing. And, and then unfortunately, in some circles, that's been a fair accusation. Um, sometimes we, we've not done our, the best at getting that message. And so I think what uh, really a true pro-life ethic demands that we uh, are also there to care for the vulnerable after they're born. 
And so I think helping our churches understand that and, and we want to, you know, we need to continue to fight for life. And certainly that fight now goes to the states and, and it's, you know, more important. This is as important as it ever has been. And we must continue to fight uh, to, to you know, take away abortion and to, um, to see, uh, make abortion unthinkable, unnecessary. And so we, we, we want to continue to fight for that. Uh, but we also must be willing to, to really step into a biblical pro-life ethic which means that we're also going to come around uh, the vulnerable. We're going to come around the orphan. We're going to come around the stranger. We're going to come around the sojourner, all those that, that are in those difficult situations. And, and we're going to be willing to support those who need support. We're going to be willing to care for those that need care. And, and of course, again, we believe strongly that uh, the biblical mandate demands that we, that we care for both physical needs, but even more importantly, spiritual needs. And so um, these you know, women that are in crisis situations that are, that are choosing life, we need to support them. We need to come around them. We need to share the gospel with them. We need to disciple them and help them see why that why that choice matters. And then as they're raising their children, we need to provide the supports for them. Um, and we know the reality are, is that some of those, some of the same situations that put them in that situation to be in a crisis pregnancy are still going to be with them even after they give birth. And so they're going to continue to uh, face some of those same struggles, some of the economic struggles, some of the um, societal struggles, and even mental health struggles. And so many of those kids, they may very well end up in foster care or maybe fighting to stay out of foster care. And so the church has really, I'd say the opportunity, it's even, we have a responsibility, yeah, but it's really a great opportunity for us to truly put our faith into action. I think that's what James is referring to an action of faith that is real is going to step into those hard places. And we're going to be willing to, to come alongside, do the, the difficult work um, to care well for the vulnerable. Uh, and again, that's going to give us that opportunity to keep ourselves unstained from the world and to be a light to, to those that are, that are watching and around. And so I think um, this is so important and it's, and it's a key, you know, just again, a continuation of what we've been trying to do with Saints of Human Life Sunday for many years. This is again, the next step. And we want to make sure that we're, that we're moving beyond just, just protecting life in the womb and that we continue to support and protect the life of the vulnerable, uh, even after they're born and onto, even into their adulthood. I mean, we've got kids that are in foster care that there are over 20,000 kids every year that are aging out of the foster care system without a family. And, and that's with the number of Christ followers in America that shouldn't be happening at all. Um, but it's a reality. And these, these ones that are aging out of the foster care system without a family, if they don't have the support of their local church and they don't have gospel transformation taking place in their life, they are the most susceptible to continue this cycle and to be the ones that are going to be in those crisis pregnancies or, um, you know, both, both for the men and women perspective, they're going to be uh, bringing these children and continuing these cycles of vulnerability. And so um, this is something that, that we've got to address uh, from the local church. Again, we want to provide resources and housing and food, but we need to provide the gospel. It's the gospel that transforms lives. It's the gospel that changes lives. And these kids that are that are in the foster care system and that are on the verge of aging, they need to hear that God loves them, that God has a plan for them, and that God will change their life and change their story if they'll place their faith in him. And, and the church has that responsibility and that opportunity to come alongside them and be the hands and feet of Jesus. You know, Chris, if you could just get a little bit of passion for what it is that you do, you'd be right there, man. No, seriously, like the, the you know, you lean know, Rick, in I've seen and it, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. And and it's when you see it happen, you you just, man, you can't, you got to get engaged. You got to get involved. You want others to, to be able to see it too. Absolutely. And, you know, and I think 
like you've you've shared so much today in in terms of different ways that the church can get engaged, different ways that um, that that churches can chase their own missional identity and do this in you know in the context of of the ministry that we've been given to vulnerable children and and vulnerable families and and what Christ has called us to. But if you were going to kind of boil it all down and 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 sort of put a fine point to say to pastors and church leaders that are out there that are listening, what would it take? What does it take to have a successful Orphan Sunday? What's the what's the main ingredient that you would say, don't miss this if if you want to make sure that your Orphan Sunday is 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 successful? Yeah, I think you absolutely. I think, first of all, we cannot discount the power of prayer. Um, it's got to be a prayer movement. It's got to be a prayer decision. I think, I think if a, if a pastor is trying to engage his church and maybe, you know, knows we need to, but don't know what direction to go, first and foremost, pray, uh, bring your leadership team together, pray about what God would have you to do, uh, pray about what God is doing in your area, pray for insight and wisdom to know how to engage your people. But then I think the practical side of, of a successful Orphan Sunday is you got to have some clear next steps. If we just come together and once a year, we have a Sunday, we preach a sermon and sing some songs, and we talk about the needs around us, and that's it. And we just kind of raise awareness, then, you know, that's, that's a good thing, but it's definitely not what we're called to do. And so I think it's really important. Churches, sometimes they, they feel like, you know, maybe we, we've done that, and so we, we've kind of done what we're supposed to do. But I think to really, to really see God work, I would, I would really challenge churches when you plan an Orphan Sunday, when you plan a catalytic event like this, make sure you've got clear next steps. Make sure that when people leave that, that church service, that they know what they're doing next. Um, I really challenge churches to have easy onboards. Uh, you know, you got you got certainly you know issue the challenge and the call for people to to adopt. Uh, maybe maybe go ahead and setting up some adoption info meetings. Lifeline can help with that to follow up your Orphan Sunday, maybe in the week or two after, um, so that people if they if they, God's calling them to adopt, they'll know clearly. Here's what I do next to be able to adopt. God's calling them to foster care. Make sure that you're engaged with understanding where, you know, when and where foster care classes are happening, what that process looks like so that you can get clear next steps. If you, if you feel called to, to foster a child, then here's what you do. Um, if it's, if it's support or if it's engagement in a ministry of the church, something like Families Count or Heritage Builders or uh, engaging with women in crisis pregnancy through Worthy and some of those different pieces. And maybe you're saying, hey, we want to we want to just find what then then give clear ways for people to sign up and engage, to sign up to take to attend an information session or to sign up to get more information. Um, so I think one of the biggest mistakes that often happens is we don't give those clear next steps. And, and then kind of as a follow-up, kind of 1A would be with those clear next steps, make sure that you do follow up. Make sure that you do come alongside, and when people sign up, that you've got some process where you're you're taking that information and you're following up with them to say, hey, did you make it to the info meeting? Can I help you sign up? Can I help you find a class? Um, what is what did God do in your heart through this this weekend? And what are ways that that you want to uh, to get involved and get engaged? And what is your next step? So so again, prayer is key. Got to have prayer. Can't do this apart from prayer. But then make sure that there's clear next steps so that people when they when God stirs our, this is really one of the things that that God used to call me into this space. I saw a lot of ministries going to churches and raising awareness, but people didn't know what to do with it. So make sure you've got clear next steps, and that then there's good, clear follow up to it. Yeah, MJ, you know, as I as I just even think about, you know, we, we talked a little bit about, about the post row piece, 
But as I think about too, a lot of pastors and, and, and I know you've even given testimony about being in this position as well as thinking that kind of orphan care, adoption, foster care, it's, it's kind of a segregated ministry of the church. It's, it's for some people, not for all people. Um, there's, there's gotta be a pastor or maybe even a lay person that's listening to this and going, yes, that's what my pastor keeps telling me. How would you encourage the lay person to get their church involved? And how would you encourage the pastor who's worried about, well, is this just, a, just a, a siloed opportunity for just some of the people in my church? I think, I think from the pastor perspective, uh, do what you can to just create a culture that, that recognizes and celebrates this work. So the way to keep it from being isolated is, is you know, help, certainly helping all of your ministry leaders kind of understand, you know, what can our women's ministry do? What can our men's ministry do to mentor teen boys as they're aging out and, and moving into older? What are different ways that we can get all of our different ministries involved so that it's not just that group over on that side of the church that's doing it? So things that you could do even, even on, you know, have testimonies through Orphan Sunday, or maybe even later on when you're doing a sermon series and you're preaching through something and you look for opportunities to tell stories of people that are engaged in this work. Um, as you start getting people involved, you're going to see, you're going to have stories of life change. And so find ways to celebrate those stories and make sure that you help make those connections. Um, you know, we, we were working with a church recently that decided to, uh, one of the ways they did is they have all of their life groups once a year that do a serve day. And so they decided on that serve day that they were going to have a number of their life groups were going to do some, some house repairs and, and yard work for some foster families and grandparents taking care of their grandkids. Um, well, that, you know, that was not an orphan Sunday. That was not an orphan ministry kind of thing. But what, what they did is they, they had those classes get involved and engaged in that and then kind of circled back and said, hey, you don't even recognize it, but you were a part of orphan care ministry when you came alongside that family. And for some, that was a light bulb moment to say, hey, I can do what God's called me to do and just kind of the natural outflow of my church engagement, church involvement, but yet God's using it in this in this way. And so I think from a pastor perspective, the more we celebrate that, the more we recognize that uh, when we're doing child or baby dedications and we have you know a newly adopted child, welcome them to the stage and talk about their story and, and include them. Mother's Day, Father's Day are great opportunities. So the more that the pastor can do to just create, again, this culture throughout the whole ministry that recognizes the engagement involvement and, and really celebrate that. For the lay person that's really kind of saying, hey, I want to get my church more involved, I would say start where you're at. What's God calling you to do? Maybe gather your life group together and, and start doing something as a group. Maybe if you're a part of a ministry team, engage your ministry team in some way. And, and what God can do is use you and your group to, to really start seeing some cool things happen. And then you share those things with your church leadership, with your pastoral staff, with your pastor. Um, and, and I tell you, one of the things about the church world is we, we love it when we see action, we see movement, and we see God doing great things. And so pastors love hearing those stories. And, and if they find a way that, you know, a life group or small group has gotten engaged, they want other small groups to be engaged as well. So I think just start where you are, but then make sure you're sharing those stories, including as many people as possible. Um, and then look for opportunities to have those conversations with your, your pastoral leadership and be willing to help take the lead. You know, don't go to them with an expectation that they're going to immediately take on your burden. And, and, and don't be disappointed if that doesn't happen. Pastors have a lot of different things they're having to think about. And so be willing to say, hey, here's some resources that I have found. Um, I'm help, willing to help lead this, but I want you to know what's going on. I want you to be a part of that and be engaged. So I think we could definitely, from, from both perspectives, um, can, can help be the change agents in local churches. 
Wow. And I'm sure folks that maybe had never heard, uh, as we call him NJPC, now know why we call him MJPC. Uh, truly, uh, he embodies a, a shirt that uh, is one of his favorites, which says, eat, sleep, preach, repeat. Uh, and, you know, one day, Dr. Rick, we may want to get ourselves a video podcast because uh, one of the most interesting things is what's going on behind Pastor Chris. And I think they're setting up the uh, Pastor Chris Appreciation Dinner there in Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, and so we're uh, we're excited about that and excited about them appreciating Pastor Chris. And he's on the road even now um, talking about orphan care and adoption. Well, Pastor Chris, uh, close us out one more time. So I'm there. I'm ready. Uh, you, you sold me. I'd got your three points and the alliteration. I'm ready now for some resources. How can someone get the resources they need to start to recognize Orphan Sunday? Oh man. Yes. Go to lifelinechild.org slash Orphan Sunday, lifelinechild.org slash Orphan Sunday. We've tried to make it as simple as possible. We've given you, uh, there's a video you could show in your church. There are print materials, graphics for social media, for your church newsletter. Uh, there's a prayer guide. We've had some churches that even like used a prayer guide leading up to their Orphan Sunday. And then on the, on the day of the Sunday, praying through that guide, there's small group lessons for all ages. So there's lots of resources there. We try to make it as easy as possible. We've even provided a next steps thing. You go to lifelinechild.org slash next steps um, to provide some of those follow-up ways to get people engaged and get people involved. So we try to make it as easy for you. Another thing, um, if you, it, it's not too late to bring in a lifeline speaker. We have uh, a number of great speakers on our team uh, that would love to come and preach at your church or speak to your uh, small groups or, or do a, an extra session or at question and answer after church. Um, you, can, you can visit our speakers bureau, lifelinechild.org slash speakers dash bureau. And uh, we have several speakers there that we'd love to, to come and share uh, in your church as well. Um, so lots you can do. You can also contact our, our church partnerships team here at Lifeline. And uh, we'd love to talk through strategy with you and help you kind of um, see what God's doing and then also find ways to kind of uh, move into, into some additional ways to get engaged and involved. Well, again, I know uh, a whole new group of people are understanding uh, why we call you Pastor Chris and uh, you know, today, brother, this podcast was just short of a poem of being the perfect sermon, a poem and a CT stud quote, and we'd have had a perfect sermon. So uh, grateful for you, Pastor Chris. Like Pastor Chris has said, do visit lifelinechild.org backslash Orphan Sunday to get those materials. And yeah, we've, we've poked around and had fun and hopefully even drawn back the curtain to see what is what does life actually look like behind the scenes at Lifeline. Uh, a lot of the witty banner that you've seen going on here. We may give Pastor Chris a hard time all the time uh, about his uh, his moniker there. Uh, and, and just even as we close, one of the reasons we do call him Pastor Chris and the Michael Jordan of all pastors is we were on a uh, we were we were on a, a Microsoft Teams call. And if you've been on one of those during the pandemic, you know that people kind of float in and out of the screen. Well, it was Pastor Chris's turn to float in on the screen. And all of a sudden the chat went wild and it was like, oh, look, there's America's pastor. He's the greatest of all time. He's the goat. He's the Michael Jordan of all pastors. And there you go. His moniker was created. Well, again, go to lifelinechild.org backslash Orphan Sunday for more information on how you and your church can get involved with Orphan Sunday. And as always, please join our Change One Life campaign. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. 
For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.